1: all month but all year long check out ole's new indulgent moisture body wash online or at your favorite retailer
3: baseball fans bet mgm is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season
4: Don't ever do that again.
5: Nope. <laughs> it could be.
6: How are we opening?
5: We are, are we already open. It.
6: It's, your, it's your show.
5: We're going okay. the distance, Shireen.
6: Going the distance. Hello. We're going for speed. Hello. This is Shireen, and I'm talking to you from It Can Happen Here. Oh, uh, It Could
5: Happen Here?
6: Yeah. Isn't that a
5: podcast?
6: Yeah, Robert, you're correct. Do wow. Do you want to tell, tell everybody what that is? No. Okay. Joining me today is Robert <laughs> Evans, Sophie, and Chris, and Garrison. Um, I'm going to be running the show today. Uh, for those of you that didn't like yesterday, too bad. Yeah, uh-huh. motherfuckers.
5: <laughs> Die and um, go to hell. I'm Robert. sorry. Yes. That, was a little much. that was a little much.
6: No death threats. Um, it was more of a promise. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I do want to take over today. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to focus an episode on Shireen Abu Akleh, who is a Palestinian-American journalist who worked as a reporter for Al Jazeera for 25 years. Uh, she was one of the most prominent names across the Middle East for her decades of reporting on the Israeli-occupied Palestinian territories. And she was killed last month. And you might have heard of it. You might have not. But I think her death deserves some more attention and i also think it reflects a bigger issue um let's just jump right in she was killed by israeli soldiers on may 11th um and although is- israel commits these kinds of like vile crimes against humanity and against palestinians virtually every day including but not limited to murder torture imprisonment harassment and forced displacement uh, aka ethnic cleansing Um, Israel gets away with its crimes every time. And last episode, we talked about how the media enforces a blameless view of Israel and how that's an element to all the passes it receives. And even though I'm going to focus mostly on one woman's death in this episode, like I said, she represents something so much more. And while I wish I can give every victim of Israel an entire episode, that would take a million episodes. Um, So here we are. Palestinians live in a constant state of trauma, and there's no time to grieve their dead. And even when they do grieve, it becomes a target for the IDF, which I'll get into later. But I wanna tell you for now how Shireen was killed. And for a while, there was only one video, which should be more than enough, but I digress. Uh, There was only one video in the beginning that seemed to prove that Shireen was targeted and assassinated despite wearing a press vest. She had been standing with a group of journalists near the entrance of the Jenin refugee camp, where the journalists were there to cover uh, an Israeli raid. While the footage does not show, Abu Akhna being killed, eyewitnesses told CNN that they believe Israeli forces on the same street deliberately fired on the reporters in a targeted attack. All of the journalists were wearing protective blue vests and um, they identified themselves as a member of the news media to the Israelis that were across the street. So this video, this first video, was filmed by Al Jazeera cameraman Mesji Banura and it shows that around 6 30 a.m. on May 11th in Jenin, multiple shots are fired. The cameraman filming the scene scrambles backwards to take cover behind a low concrete wall. The man cries out in Arabic. Shireen injured. Shireen ambulance. When the camera finally pans uh, around the corner, you see Shireen uh, lying motionless on the ground, face down. And another Palestinian reporter, uh, Shaita Haneisha, she cr- she crouches down beside her and uses a, t- a tree chunk for cover. She reaches out and tries to get her colleague, the gunshots continue. And there's no response. Both women are wearing helmets and blue protective vests, marked press. And in the moments that follow, there's a man in a white shirt that makes several attempts to move Abu Akla's body. Uh, and he's forced to repeatedly back away by gunfire. And after a few very long minutes, he manages to drag her body from the street. One of the reporters, uh, Hanesha, she told CNN that we stood in front of the Israeli military vehicles for about five to 10 minutes before we made moves to ensure that they saw us. This is a habit of ours as journalists. We move as a group and we stand in front of them so they know we are journalists. And then we start moving. So this is like they do this cautious approach every time toward when they're in the midst of the Israeli military so they can be safe. And she says that I didn't think they were trying to kill us. On the day of the shooting, Israeli military spokesperson Ran Kachav told Army Radio that Abu Akhle had been filming and working for a media outlet amidst armed Palestinians. He said, they're armed with cameras, if you'll permit me to say so, according to the Times of Israel. (laughs) The Israeli military says it is not clear who fired the fatal shot. And in a preliminary inquiry, the army said that there was a possibility that she was either hit by indiscriminate Palestinian gunfire or by an Israeli sniper posi- positioned about 200 meters away that was in an exchange with a Palestinian gunman. So no blame to the Israelis at all. Uh, the IDF said that on May 19th, it had not yet decided whether to pursue a criminal investigation into her death. On May 23rd, the Israeli military's top lawyer, Major General Yafat Tomer Yurashalmi, you, I'm sorry, i probably 100% saying that wrong, but he said in a speech that under the military's policy, a criminal investigation is not automatically launched if a person is killed in, quote, the midst of an active combat zone, unless there is credible and immediate suspicion of a criminal offense. A lot of U.S. lawmakers and uh, the U.N. and the international community have called for an independent probe, which hasn't really meant anything because it's not happening. An investigation by CNN Uh, It offers a lot of new evidence, and uh, it's an an investigation that I really respect. The article is really well done. It'll be in the sources whenever that comes out, whatever. But this report, this this investigation included two videos of the scene of the shooting. Uh, There was no active combat nor any Palestinian militants near uh, Abu Akhli the moments that led up to her death. And the videos are corrobor- corroborated by testimony from eight eyewitnesses, an audio forensic analyst, and an explosive weapons expert uh, that suggests that she was shot dead in a targeted attack by Israeli forces. A lot of the footage shows a calm scene before the reporters came under fire in the outskirts of the Jenin refugee camp, The other journalists and three local residents said that it had been a normal morning in Jenin. It's home to about 345,000 people, 11,400 of whom live in the refugee camp. Many this morning were on their way to work or school, and the street was relatively quiet. Shireen Abu Akleh was a veteran journalist. She's a household name across the Arab world for her coverage of Israel and Palestine and Israel's occupation of the Palestinian territories. She arrived in Jenin to report on the raid. Uh, she's an icon. She's really loved, or was really loved and admired by the entire Arab world. It's weird to use past tense. It's really sad for me. But when she arrived there, about a dozen or so men, some dressed in sweats or flip-flops, they had gathered to watch Abu Akla and her colleagues at work. Uh, they were milling around, chatting, some smoking cigarettes, and others were filming the scene on their phones. In one 16-minute cell phone video, the man Filming walks toward the spot where journalists had gathered, zooming in on the Israeli armored vehicles that were parked in the distance that they could see, and he says, "Look at the snipers." This is before anything had happened, and a teenager uh, in this video they, he peers tentatively over the street and he shouts, "Don't kid around! You think it's a joke? We don't want to die. We want to live." Uh, the person that recorded the 16-minute video, Salim Awad, he's a 27-year-old uh, Jenin camp refugee resident who filmed the video and told CNN that there were no armed Palestinians or any clashes of any kind in the area, and he hadn't expected there to be gunfire at all, given the presence of journalists nearby. He said that there was no conflict or confrontations at all. We were about 10 guys, give or take, walking around laughing and joking with journalists. We were not afraid of anything. We didn't expect anything would happen, because when we saw journalists around, we thought it'd be a safe area. Obviously, the situation changed rapidly, and he said that the shooting broke out about seven minutes after he arrived at the scene, and his video captures this, and he, he also captures the moments that the shots were fired at the four journalists, and the four journalists, by the way, uh, Abu Akhle, Hinesha that I mentioned earlier, another Palestinian journalist, uh, Mujahid al-Sadi, and then the Al Jazeera producer Ali el Samaudi, who was injured in the gunfire. But these four journalists, they walk toward the Israeli vehicles. They showed them that they're press in the footage. As the gunfire starts, Abu Akhla can be seen turning away from the barrage. And then the footage shows a direct line of sight towards the Israeli convoy. He said, we saw around four or five military vehicles on that street with rifles sticking out of them. And one of them shot Shireen. We were standing right there. We saw it. When we tried to approach her, they shot at us. I tried to cross the street to help, but I couldn't. He added that he saw a bullet strike a waka in the gap between her helmet and her protective vest, right uh, by her ear. Uh, another 16-year-old, he was among the group of men and boys on the street, told CNN that there were no shots fired, no stone throwing, nothing when she was shot, and he said that journalists had told them to not follow them as they walked towards the Israeli forces to identify themselves, so they so he stayed back. And then when gunfire broke out, he ducked behind a car in the road. And he watched the moment that Shireen was killed. And he shared his video with CNN that was filmed at 6.36 a.m. just after the journalist left the scene for the hospital. And it showed the five Israeli army vehicles driving slowly past the spot where Shireen was killed before leaving the camp. CNN reviewed a total of 11 videos showing the scene and the Israeli military convoy from different angles before, during, and after Abu Akhle was killed eyewitnesses who were filming when the journalist was shot were also in the line of fire and they pulled back when the gunfire started so it doesn't capture the exact moment that she was hit with the bullet which i think is the little amount of sliver of uh space that israel needs to be like it wasn't us but obviously it was there are multiple witnesses there multiple videos that show it um but regardless There wasn't a clash. There wasn't any Palestinian gunfire. The IDF were shooting directly at the journalists, and they assassinated Shireen Abu Akhle. A senior Israeli security official flatly denied to CNN on May 18th that Israeli troops killed her intentionally. The official spoke under the condition of anonymity to discuss details about an investigation that remains formally open. Uh, The official said, in no way would the IDF ever target a civilian, especially a member of the press. An IDF soldier would never fire an M-16 on on automatic. They shoot bullet by bullet. Uh, This is in contrast with Israel's assertion that Palestinian militants were firing recklessly and indiscriminately while its soldiers uh, conducted the raid in Jenin. There is a security consultant and British Army veteran, Cobb Smith. Uh, he told CNN that he believed Abu Akhle was killed in discrete shots, not by a burst of automatic gunfire. And to reach that conclusion, he looked at imagery obtained by CNN that showed markings that the bullets left behind on the tree where she had fallen and her other colleague was taking cover. He told CNN that the number of strike marks on the tree where Shireen was standing proves this wasn't a random shot. She was targeted. At 200 meters, he said that there was no chance that the random firing would result in the three or four shots hitting such a light or such a tight configuration. From the strike marks on the tree, it appears that the shots, one of which hit hit Shireen, came from down the street from the direction of the IDF troops. The relatively tight grouping of the rounds indicate Shireen was intentionally targeted with aimed shots and not the victim of a random uh, or stray fire. This tree is now referred to in Jenin as the journalist tree has become a makeshift shrine to Abu Akleh, uh, with photographs of the beloved reporter taped to the trunk and Palestinian uh, hafiyah scarves, the checkered, not checkered, but like the black and white scarves that you probably see at uh, Palestinian protests, uh, draped on the branches. She was loved by very many, and the entirety of Palestine and everyone who supports its liberation have been grieving for this like insurmountable loss. Uh, and to loop this discussion back into yesterday's extreme media bias episode, uh, where the media favors Israel, here are a few headlines that describe her murder. The New York Times said, "Shireen Abu Akhle, trailblazing Palestinian journalist, dies at 51." She dies at 51. From what? Heart failure, disease? Like
5: she died um, of death. And I I will, I will bet you. And this is not to let the 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 new the New York Times off the hook, but I will bet you the fact that the title even acknowledged her death that much was mm-hmm. the result of a tremendous battle behind the scenes.
6: Oh, for like, sure.
5: Like it it. it, the, it I, yeah, yeah. It's which they wouldn't do for anybody else, right? Like they would they would fucking immediately call out like the Russian military or even the U.S. military yeah. if it had killed. Uh, an American journalist, which I'm not saying, but be- yeah, I don't think it should. No, matter, I mean I'm going to bring that American up right now. More than if she was Palestinian. No, I'm yeah. going to bring
6: that up right now. Uh, yeah. Brent Renaud, he's an American journalist that was killed in Ukraine. There were two headlines that were that, that uh, for articles. His headline read, "An American journalist killed in Ukraine." Hers said, "A Palestinian journalist dies at 51." Keep in mind, Shireen mm-hmm. is a is a Palestinian American. Not that it fucking matters, but these are both American journalists, and they were killed while, yeah. while working on their assignment. It-
5: <clears throat> It matters to highlight the hypocrisy, not because one nationality yes, of journalist yes. is less worthy of being killed than another.
6: I mean, no, and it's even
4: it's even frustrating that their their value of life is even greater because they're a quote unquote journalist. Yes, mm-hmm. th- there's um, a lot that's frustrating like, <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they can I mean, kill. They, they can the, kill dozens of like Palestinian like people and it doesn't yeah. matter, but one quote-unquote American journalist dies, mm-hmm. and now it's a big story, which, like, it's horrible. It, it, they're not, not downplaying how bad it is, but I, I am really uncomfortable with how much emphasis we yeah. put on, like, Americans and then, of course, just, like, someone being a journalist it, as opposed the, to just, like, killing the only, people the, who are, like, worshipping or killing people in the street, right, mm-hmm. who, are, who are just regular yes. Palestinians. And that's a, that's a whole other aspect.
5: In a war zone, the on, like, ethically, really, the only division should be between soldiers, people under arms, and civilians who are not, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And it should always be seen as, like, a tragedy and a mistake worthy of, like, some sort of restitution or vengeance when civilians are killed by soldiers in a war zone. Like, that would be ideal, but also, you know, the world is what it is. the
6: world. But no, I, second... Everything you guys said. And I'm looking at a tweet from Ayman Mohladdin. He's an Egyptian-born journalist that's based in New York, and he works for NBC and MSNBC. But he tweeted this contrast, these headlines, of Brett Renaud, an American journalist, killed in Ukraine, and Shireen Abu Akhle, a Palestinian journalist, dying at 51. Like, first of all, everything you guys... just It's, it's repetitive at this point to keep talking about it, but they've stripped her of her American identity. Her Palestinian identity... Erases um the importance that her death has for some reason because she's not s- seen it as an American journalist, even though she is. And again, the-, the concept of that being important is ludicrous to begin with. But that's the world. Yeah, and, it's st- it's still yeah. a way
4: to do. De- it's still in their minds. It's still a way to dehumanize them. Yeah, which is exactly. like gross on a whole other level. But it's it's yes. it's, it's, it's yeah. It, there's there's so many ways that it's horrible that it's hard to even like comprehend.
6: Yeah, totally. I agree, and now it's time for a break. And I don't have a great segue. Like, uh, that is
4: the this is a hard one but to segue. You know
5: who will uh-huh.
4: execute this is break?
5: This is, this is the break.
6: Journal. break okay. Happening. Yep.
7: Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and P&G's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride, glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride!
8: You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed or your money back with plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at lifelock.com news. That's lifelock.com
3: news to save up to 40%. Terms apply.
6: want to talk about her funeral now, Shireen's funeral. Just to bring up one last headline, I'll get into what happened at the funeral, but the BBC News said that Shireen Abu Akleh violence at Al Jazeera reporter's funeral in Jerusalem. Side note, even saying that she's an Al Jazeera reporter versus just like an American journalist is another way to dehumanize her because Al Jazeera is seen as like this scary Arabic organization yeah,
4: it's like, oh, they're brown people is yeah. is is what they're trying to say.
6: Exactly. And the real headline that should have been shared is that Israeli forces were attacking and beating Palestinian mourners at her funeral. So let's talk about that. Uh the Friday following her death, May 13th, a funeral pr- procession was held for Shireen in Jerusalem. But her funeral was marred by another burst of violence uh, early that afternoon as thousands of people massed East Jerusalem for one of the largest Palestinian funerals in recent memory. A mob of Israeli riot police assaulted a group of mourners that were carrying the casket containing her body. Uh, And they almost dropped the casket because of the attack. There are videos of this, and it was streamed live at one point, and it shows IDF soldiers clearly attacking, people holding up a coffin a coffin holding the body of someone Palestine loved. Um, and they're just attempting to mourn. And even this is deemed punishable by Israel. Uh, I want to bring up that it was live and then all these videos are shown because there's just so many videos of like a blatant blame, like blatant attacks by Israelis and uh, the Israeli military. And that that's not enough to condemn anything. Um and there were no weapons. There was no provoking uh, on any of any kind on the side of the Palestinians. And again, like we have thousands of videos like this of the IDF clearly beating and at times killing Palestinians and nothing happens. Um, it's like similar to me of videos of police brutality in the US. Uh, they both keep doing it because they know they can't keep, they, can, they won't be punished. Um, and if this is what they do on camera, you can only imagine what they do off camera when it's not being captured. Yeah. Uh, In a separate episode, I'm sure I can bring up the crossover of Israel and U.S. police because Israel trains U.S. police, um, and so there's a lot of connection there. But I digress. Um, It's just really horrifying. If they know that this is all being captured, it doesn't stop them. It doesn't matter. And this assault occurred outside a hospital in East Jerusalem, where her body had been kept since another memorial happened the day before on Thursday, where hundreds had gathered to witness the start of her funeral cortege. Tensions arose between Palestinians and the Israeli police officers after Palestinians began waving Palestinian flags. Things escalated after the police refused to allow mourners to take the coffin on their shoulders to the church, and then they began beating anyone in sight. The Israeli police later said that they had intervened because the mourners, who wanted to carry the coffin by foot to the funeral, had refused to put it in a hearse, which is an arrangement the police said had previously been agreed upon by her family. This obviously is a just cause for tr- starting to beat people um which is absurd. it's so absurd uh because it's just like a traditional mourning it's they're they're carrying <laughs> this loved one on their backs uh and the fact that she was almost dropped is like horrifying to me um But regardless, there was this standoff between mourners and the police uh, who refused to let them leave with the coffin from the hospital or like in the the direction from the hospital to the church. And keep in mind, again, this is uh, the standoff (laughs) is really unbalanced. One side of it is is heavily armed and wearing helmets and SWAT gear. And the other side is holding a fucking coffin and mourning. Officers swung their batons and they kicked and beat the men carrying the coffin, forcing them backward. They knocked over one man who had backed into the group that was carrying the coffin, and then they proceeded to kick him as he was lying on the ground. This is caught on video. Uh, And I don't understand how anyone could possibly defend or gloss over why this happened. And as they were being hit, the coffin carriers briefly lost control, as I said, of one end of the coffin, which sagged suddenly to the ground, um, and mourners threw projectiles in response, including what appeared to be (laughs) a stick. And officers threw what appeared to be a stun uh, stun and smoke grenades in response. So super warranted on their on their side. Um, but this occasion that was intended to be a moment of catharsis had instead descended into chaos and it just compounds the indignity and the pain that to many Palestinians Abu Akhla's death had embodied. And let's quickly fast forward to Sunday, May 29th, where... About 70,000 Israelis marched through the old city occupied East Jerusalem, waving Israeli flags, emphasizing that they, in their eyes, were the true rulers of Jerusalem. They were celebrating Jerusalem Day, which is an Israeli holiday that marks the capture of the old city in 1967. 1967 also marks the occupation and the subsequent annexation of East Jerusalem. And Palestinians see this event, which passes through the heart of the Muslim center, as a provocation. Last year, the parade helped trigger an 11-day war with Gaza militants. This doesn't stop the parade from happening again, and this year it attracted one of the largest crowds on record. Palestinians, old and young, were attacked while Israeli forces watched on. Some marchers sprayed pepper spray at Palestinians and journalists. In one video shared on social media, a young Jewish man kicked and sprayed an older Palestinian woman in the face, sending her crumbling to the ground. Police fired rubber bullets um, and used clubs and pepper spray to disperse Palestinian protesters from the area. And all this time, Palestinians were forced to listen as ultra-nationalist Jews sh- chanted anti-Palestinian and Islamophobic chants, such as, death to Arabs and, Muhammad is dead. Um, groups of Orthodox Jewish youths gathered outside Damascus Gate, waving flags, singing religious and nationalistic songs, The crowds who were overwhelmingly young Orthodox Jewish men were shouting, The Jewish nation lives, before entering the the Muslim quarter. One large group chanted, Death to Arabs in Mayor Village Burn, which is a reference of the ethnic cleansing and the start of the occupation that occurred in 1948. And it's one of their very common chants. A lot of Zionists uh, that parade through uh, these are their two most popular chants, uh, if you want to call them that. And other chants, accompanied by boisterous dancing and the sound of drums, included a Jew is a soul, an Arab is the son of a whore, and "Shufayat is on fire. And this is a disgusting chant. I mean, they're all disgusting, but this one, "Shufayat is on fire, it celebrates the murder of 15-year-old Palestinian teenager Muhammad Abu Khadir by Israeli settlers in Jerusalem in 2015. This child was kidnapped by Israeli settlers, tortured, forced to drink gasoline, and burned alive. So that's what they're celebrating when they're saying Shufayat is on fire. And there's a, this tragedy is the focus of a miniseries that HBO did in 2019, which is pretty good. And I recommend watching it. It's called Our Boys. Um, and it was created by a collaboration of both Israeli filmmakers and Palestinian filmmakers. So I respected their approach to this. And I highly recommend watching it if you have a stomach for it. I cried a lot. But it's really good. Um, regardless, settlers were also chanting, "Shireen is a whore," and "Shireen is dead." So not only was her funeral this this huge, like this huge portrayal of disrespect and inhumanity, but this is the sentiment of these ultra-nationalist Jewish uh, protesters. They are happy she's dead. That's why she was targeted by the IDF. Probably they recognized her as a threat and this icon in the eyes of the Palestinians. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett issued a statement instructing police to show, quote, no tolerance toward the racist groups. He described them as a minority that came to set the area on fire and vowed to prosecute violent extremists, which never happens and hasn't happened. Uh, An article in the Israeli daily uh, Jerusalem Post uh, that interviewed some of the Israelis participating in the march reflected a fervent nationalist mentality that interchanged the words Arabs and terrorists without a second thought. According to this article, uh, most of the marchers are, quote, not driven by hate for Palestinians, but rather a love for Israel and the constant fear that it might not exist forever.
5: Yeah, it'd be, it would suck to feel like your home's not going to be around yeah. forever. <laughs>
6: yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be there. really
5: scary, huh?
6: Yes, uh, the irony is definitely lost on them. Yeah. Uh,
4: it's just definitely lost on them. Yeah. Yes,
6: um, but the director of the Palestinian Forum for Israeli Studies Honeda Ghanim, she said that the political views of Israelis who attended the march are absolutely not a fringe element of Israeli society. She says, demographically speaking, they are from the religious settler class. They transformed from being a marginal group to an essential part within Israeli society and the Jewish body as a whole. And I mentioned this briefly, I don't know if it was this episode or the one before, but former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's 12-year rule bolstered the presence of this class into the mainstream, this very right-wing mentality, uh, where their figureheads held top positions in state institutions and in various governments. Uh, Regardless, (laughs) the current prime minister, Naftali Bennett, uh, he used to be the minister of the Settlement Council, and that should speak volumes about the change in in the heart of Israeli society. This mentality is really encouraged. And Hanim went on to say, the Israeli government is getting more religious and giving more powers to the ultra-Orthodox factions and to the ultra-religious and ultra-nationalists, the extreme settlers. It is a continuous shift for the whole society to be on the right of the political spectrum, the fanatical, religious, and the settler right. And before I continue any further, let's take our second break because I can rage for a long time. I don't have a segue again. Robert, it's not This is the break.
5: I know, but Sophie still has to believe it cuz she said it. So, oh. my goal my my goal has been accomplished. Ah! Well done, Shereen. Thank for you. It. We did it together. We did it.
0: High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com the hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours only at high five High
1: five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited play responsibly terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high, the number five casino.com. High five casino
7: glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin
2: at purdueglobal.edu
3: baseball fans
6: Not a fun ad? Okay, let's go back to, we were talking about right extremism being like bolstered in Israeli society. Ulri Noy is an Israeli political activist and journalist, and they agreed and described this annual event as a congratulatory mainstream Israeli event. And she said, the marchers are not the minority, not in numbers, not in ideology, and not in their political status. So regardless of what the prime minister says, it's not a fringe element at all. She goes on to say that maybe many Israelis do not like to see photos of an old Palestinian woman being beaten up by a kid, but the march itself is a huge Israeli celebration. It's not something on the political periphery anymore. I also want to quickly mention that as I was writing this, another Palestinian journalist was killed by the IDF last week. Uh, 31-year-old Ghafran Hamid uh, Warasna was shot in the chest um, at the Arub refugee camp in the occupied West Bank. Israel said that she tried to attack a soldier with a knife. In a statement, the Israeli army said, an assailant armed with a knife advanced toward an IDF soldier who was conducting routine security activity. However, witnesses told Al Jazeera that in their view, she posed little threat to the soldiers. She had just started a new job at a radio station three days prior to being killed. She was leaving her home on the way to work, according to eyewitnesses. And doctors at the hospital said the bullet uh, she was shot with uh, pierced her heart. Um, And local and international rights groups have condemned what they call Israel's excessive use of force and their shoot-to-kill policy against Palestinians, including uh, suspected assailants and the occupied West Bank and Gaza Strip. Um, Senior Israeli politicians, including Prime Minister Bennett, have encouraged the use of lethal force and given orders to shoot Palestinians who did not post an imminent threat. These are their orders to shoot Palestinians, even if they don't pose a imminent threat. The United Nations Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights noted that in the reports, uh, Israeli forces, quote, often use firearms against Palestinians on mere suspicion or as a precautionary measure in violation of international standards. Um... And yeah, surprise surprise, her funeral was also attacked by the Israeli occupation, just like Shireen's was. Um they beat the mourners and uh nothing nothing changed in the 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 several days that followed that funeral, it happened again because they knew they could happen again. There was no punishment for the first round. Um and that's all I got for today. Um I do I mean, there's so much more to talk about, but it'll take a lifetime, and maybe I'll chip at it away over time. I do want to plug a film that I really love called Gaza Fights for Freedom. It's a 2019 documentary. It's on YouTube for free, and it's by Abby Martin, and um, it's filmed by Cameramen on the ground in Gaza, and it really shows the imbalance that takes place, especially in that region. I know we didn't cover Gaza that much in this episode, but just like Shireen's death, it reflects the larger issue and the just blatant genocide and ethnic cleansing that's happening. So I would really recommend that if you want to learn more. Again, just like our boys, the miniseries, it's really hard to watch, um, at least for me, um, and. Another – I mean, the reason I mentioned I wanted to describe the video of Shireen's death earlier is because I haven't seen it and I don't want to see it. Like, I – it really triggers me when I see, like, a photo of – I mean, anybody. (laughs) Like, I I don't want to sensationalize their death, um, but I do want you guys to know about it and to understand that it's important. Um, That's my –
5: Yeah, I mean – I have I have seen it, and just as a general rule, as someone who's worked in those conditions, she's very obviously not in a situation in which it makes sense that she would have gotten on a crossfire between a gunfight. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, this has been documented, but it, it was pretty obvious from the beginning that this was not like two sides shooting at each other and someone getting caught up in the middle.
6: Yeah. 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 It's depressing. I guess I didn't end this one with any kind of uplifting anything. But I I just encourage everyone who's interested or who doesn't know uh, and who wants to know more to just uh, get your information from Palestinians, um, spread awareness on social media, because Palestinian voices are usually silenced. And uh, it really makes a difference when people speak up, because that's the only way things change. It's the only way articles change their headlines. It's the only way anything even pivots in the right direction, but is this the end? Should I say goodbye now? Goodbye is this now. the end? Goodbye or now. Only friend. The end. Okay. Uh, well. Thank you, but no, I appreciate uh, the listeners of today and yesterday's episodes. Uh, it means a lot to me. And I'll see you when I see you. Bye bye. Bye now. Yeah. could happen here is a production of
7: cool zone media for more podcasts from cool zone media visit our website coolzonemedia.com or check us out on the iHeartRadio radio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you can find sources for it could happen here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources thanks for listening
0: high five, casino. high five casino is a social casino with real prizes and big vegas hits at highfivecasino.com five the hottest games, right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at high five
1: High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary, void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high the number five casino High five casino. Ole's new indulgent moisture body wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and P&G's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online
0: did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Happy Pride from
7: Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com.